Hey, it's 9.07 and it's Think Tank Thursday. And for those of you who are listening to us on our home station in Columbia, Mike Murphy is going to be on. He said that he can offer more about the actual experience of the candidates, not what's been in a city press release for a chief of police and uh, what p- uh, positions or options they present for uh, the city manager. We will uh, find out what he knows that they're not telling you uh, at 11.05. Uh, he'll be on board with us. Uh, we've got Jim Babka on the Middle East and some observations that a lot of people probably haven't thought about. Uh, it, it, it's going to be really a fascinating conversation. Uh, and that's going to happen at 9.35. Right now, we're going to kick the program off, as we always do, on Think Tank Thursday with Kevin Jackson. I want you to do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen, when you're calling the program this morning and Kevin is on, throw the guy a bone. Just occasionally, you know, ask him a question. Don't give me all the phone calls. You know, he he deserves a little bit of a break. Uh, The Kevin Jackson Network, he is involved politically. He's a nationally syndicated radio talk show host. And he joins us this morning, and he is a lucky guy. He, he probably doesn't realize this, uh, but I'm going to point it out to him. Kevin, good morning. If you lived in California and one of your children were missing, you would get a special uh, alert for missing black children uh, in California. As I should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, that's, that's, again, one of these crazy laws that people believe, that the left believes is going to make black people feel more special. If there's a missing child, there's a missing child. I don't think the Amber Alert is just for white kids, right? Not that I know of. Uh, I, I, when I hear a child is missing, I, I the first thing I think of is... Gee, I hope the kid is safe. Right. I never think I what race. The, I don't know the race or anything about the kid. Yeah, so we did a thing on my show, um, jokingly, we called it White Girl Gone. And we called it the biggest existential threat to mankind when a pretty white girl goes missing. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the joke of it is that, uh, and one of my buddies, he passed away, he's a comedian, but he said, you know, you can judge how uh, how pretty a girl is by how fast they go to look for her. So we did a whole thing on it that, you know, white girl gone, you know, the biggest existential threat to mankind. And, it, and we're mocking it because, you know, the, the, the idea is that law enforcement cares more about whites than they do blacks. And, of course, this is a, a complete attack on law enforcement as if there's some sort of dual system of, of you know, how they of persecution or, or looking for these criminals. And the only dual system of justice that we're really seeing is when we see Hillary Clinton commit crimes and get away with it. Hunter Biden commit crimes and get away with it. Joe Biden commit crimes. In other words, they, they try to convince us at the lowest level there's a dual system of justice, and just look at this, and look at what we're having to do for black folks. Meanwhile, at the highest levels where the elites play, that's all they do is get away with it. So it's classic deflect. And guess what? There are a lot of people that are going to buy it. Oh, way to go. Yeah, we, it's about time we start looking for these black kids you know, better. But meanwhile, at the highest levels, we're being robbed, and, and we're being fleeced. 
They uh, they seem to think it's important. I don't know why. California is taking bold and needed action to locate missing black children and black women in California. Well, I can hardly wait to see the results because it isn't going to nothing's going to improve in law enforcement until they look at the source of the crime of what's causing the crime. And we never want to look at the source. Look at what's going on in Israel. You want to know the source? Joe Biden. And the reason why the source exists is because Joe Biden allowed Iran to get money. That's it. Now, we can blame the Palestinians in Gaza and Hezbollah and Hamas and whoever else you want to blame, but we're funding it. Our tax dollars fund Iran, who funds terror. And if you go, anybody that doesn't believe me, look at terror attacks by decade. All the, from the from the 1900s all the way up to the year to, to, uh, to the 2020s, and you'll notice in 1980, once the uh, the mullahs took over Iran, we went from having approximately 20 to 50 terror attacks annually to thousands of terror attacks annually. Was that tax? Was the tax money we gave them? That was money, uh, oil proceeds from this uh, from them. Selling oil uh, that they well, shouldn't. Well, it certainly wasn't for hostages, Gary. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, look, uh, okay. If you're going to talk about hostages, all they've done is say, uh, here's an invitation, uh, kidnap some more. Because look, it's, it's rewarding. There, there's a target on any American traveling in practically any country. Because there's a cell, a terror cell, in every country on the planet. Uh, an Arab terror cell. So it doesn't matter where you go. You better be very careful that you don't end up in a bad situation. And and I, I can contrast that with traveling. And I've told this story many times. When I was in Egypt, and I, I'm not going to bore people with the details, but I was asking these Arabs, why did they not consider me an, an apt? Because that's a, a slang term for slave. Uh, that's actually the translated term for slave, but it was a, a negative term to blacks in Northern Africa, to sub-Saharan Africans. And they said, I said, what's the difference between me and this guy from, you know, Ethiopia? And he says, your passport. And I'll never forget that because that's, that was the difference. I was an American. They didn't think of me the way they thought of sub-Saharan Africans. They didn't think of me. They, they thought of me as special because of that passport. And this was during the time of Reagan. But they don't think of that anymore. They, you know, Americans are like anybody else. And, and we, I mean, they, they see us squandering the country. And so look at this, this attack that where we had the clandestine services are so busy looking into American citizens, they took their eye off the ball and didn't help the Israelis who needed the help. And, you know, so look at where we are. But the, the blame, the epicenter of it is the Biden administration that funded this terror organization, the terror operation of Iran. And Iran's been doing this. And listen to, to his secretary, listen to Blinken. All of them say, we know what Iran does. We know they fund terror. But let's give them some more money. Oh, and let's, let's also lift the sanctions while we're at it. So not only did we trade five for five, which should have been enough, we gave them $6 billion that they pretend was their own money, but they were in lawsuits against people that Iran, Americans that Iran has harmed, but they didn't give the money to those people that have those lawsuits with Iran, and they lifted the sanctions. So Iran is back to square one. Now contrast that to where, when Trump was in, in office and Iran was in triage, their, their currency fell 
75% under Donald Trump. The RIR, the RIR was practically worth nothing during Trump's administration. There were demonstrations in 200 major locations across Iran, not, not central, not in Tehran and some of the bigger cities, but across the country. Farmers were, were, uh, were, were protesting. I mean, the ordinary citizen. And we, they had a, an internal struggle that could have toppled the mullahs. And people don't realize this. A large swath of the Iranian population is under the age of 30. I'm talking about a huge number of kids. The old folks are dying away. And these kids are ready to be, I'm going to use this term, westernized to some degree. They already are. So Trump had set the stage for all of this and had started eradicating these terror cells. And what do we do? We, put, we cheat a, a buffoon into office, and then you get this result. I'm going to make sure everybody listening to the program knows this is Joe Biden and the leftists and the, the Biden administration and all the people that put him in, into power. This is their fault, what happened in Israel. Uh, the telephone number here is 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Uh, Kevin Jackson, nationally syndicated radio talk show host. Uh, host. He is uh, an author. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine, and uh, I really hope that all of these calls aren't for me. <laughs> they are um, mostly Kev calls. There's one for me on there, but uh, none for you yet. <laughs> you got one, Brian? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you 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 got one. Uh-huh. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they got a we got a call for the custodian of the building here, but not for me. Is that what you're telling me? Clean up on aisle 44. Let me get Rich on the line here, who probably wants to chat with me. He's probably the the caller. Uh, Rich, good morning. Yeah, I was wanting to talk to Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. of course you are um, basically what I was calling about was uh, you guys are talking about this six billion dollars um, but I texted you guys an, an article this morning uh, put out on Fox News about uh, funding the Palestinian Palestinians that Trump had cut off uh, because of the pay for slay um, they were paying terrorists uh, families that have you know from the terrorists that have died or terrorist families of jailed terrorists, and they're still paying that money. Yeah, and that's something I haven't heard about, and and I wondered if you guys knew about that. I wasn't aware of that in particular, but I do know that they pay suicide bombers. You know, they that the, the money trail was meant to inspire terror. So anything you can think of, if you volunteer for jihad, you want to fight. I mean, this money, if you, I don't know if you've seen these movies, but the CIA goes over there with millions of dollars and they pay these, you know, these warlords, if you will, money and they pay their, their staffers and what, you know, the people that are going to fight uh, the, the battles. Our money is floating all over the Middle East and most of it is being used to fight against us and that's the sad part so and it, it sounds like we're the ones that's funding this uh not the money from iran that may have just got released a few days ago but we've been funding this for the last several years while biden's been in office essentially any money going to a middle east country the majority of that money is going to inspire more terror and you have to think of it this way you know the same reason why we're fighting the war in ukraine the military industrial complex has to feed itself so we've got to create these ideas of war we have to create the idea that jihad is so bad 
that we've got to, you know, we've got to put all these billions of dollars in it. And we disguise it in humanitarian aid. I mean, the, the idea, and they've been using this term money is fungible. What they're saying is I, once I get the money, I can use it for whatever I want. So, but, but the idea that we're going to, oh, well, this money is only going to go to medicines and food. Well, what, what money was going to medicines and food before you gave them the money? So if I can re-divert my money and pretend that your money is only going for medicines and food, who cares? So, you know, it's a shell game. And it's cost, the, the, cost shifting. That's it all. is. It squeezed the balloon is what I call it. And the worst part about it is it's not as bad as we think. You know, the, I mean, don't misunderstand me. The attack on Israel was bad. We should have prevented it. But sometimes, believe it or not, they want these things to happen because guess what we're doing now? We're now we, we've got a reason to ship Israel more money, which is fine if, if you believe in a strong Israel. But now the Democrats are using it to say, well, see, this is why we have to protect Ukraine and why we have to send more money to Ukraine. So Israel will get you know, five, ten billion dollars, but Ukraine is getting tens and if not hundreds of billions of dollars now, and it's become our proxy war to feed the, the Raytheons and the General Dynamics and all that. Well, that the fact is that we shouldn't be giving anything to any, any other country, especially our tax dollars. Rich, I got to run. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, I, I guess uh, my my callers are they're probably, probably still trying here. to get they're in right now. Trying to get in. They're probably trying to get in. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll take a quick break. Kevin Jackson with us. Jim Babco with an interesting view on this Middle East that probably many of you haven't thought about. That's up at 9.35 on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's 24 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. And uh, Kevin Jackson is with us. The Kevin Jackson Network. He is a nationally syndicated radio talk show host, uh, an author, and uh, kicks off our Think Tank Thursday, well, every Thursday. He used to do it on Tuesday, but we couldn't make it uh, a Think Tank Thursday on Tuesday. It just it didn't fit. I don't know where I'm going here. Let me bring him in. Kevin, uh, let's talk uh, politics here for, uh, for a couple of minutes if we can. Um, looking at uh, at the race today, do, do you see any changes in the Republican lineup for president? No, no. Trump is a a shoe in. The only way they can stop him is to try to arrest him, which of course they're trying to do. And the more they do that, the more they make a martyr out of him, and that would it would decimate the Republican Party. But I was thinking about this. We have a uniparty system, and the the sad part about it for the Democrats is. When they cheated Biden into office, they screwed up the system because, you know, they, they just flip-flop. And, and I, I ask people to think about it this way. What happened when Barack Obama won and he had the House and the Senate for two years? What got accomplished? Obamacare. Nothing else. All the things, the checklist of things leftists wanted that they could have rammed through Congress they didn't get. That's because people put the hold on things. There's been a time or two when the Republicans have had the, that, the, the presidency and the House and the Senate. What gets done? Do we, uh, do we advance the cause of freedom or you know, republicanism or whatever? The short answer is no. What they do is they give you the illusion that, oh, you won, but you didn't win. And so what happened was Trump really went in and changed the dynamic. 
and had but had it been Hillary and they we you know she won then they would have flipped it back to probably a Republican this time around. So what they're trying to do right now is get rid of Trump. They want a DeSantis or somebody like him or a Youngkin in somebody they can control. And if they can't do that, then they'll they'll bring it. You know they'll try to bring in a leftist. But the problem they have right now is not only is Biden killing himself. There's no way Biden gets reelected. He didn't get elected the first time, but you could try to cheat him in by faking the polls and all that. There's no way he gets elected, but now he's an albatross on the Democratic Party because now you're seeing the results of his foreign policy. His domestic policy has been a wreck. So they can't even shoehorn in a Gavin Newsom who's that. That's who they want. Let's just be honest. That's who they want. So they've got a, they're in a real rock and a hard place. And Trump, every time they try to destroy him, they make him stronger. He, they're radiating him every time they do something. So they're they're going to struggle. Yeah, they've, they've got a problem. They, they definitely have a problem. A problem they created, though. If they, you know, they, I'm not saying they could have uh, appeased Trump, but I think that the attacks on him have made him say, okay, I get it. I, I'm, I'm understanding the system better. But whether he understands it or not, the people do. And the people ultimately, I mean, I know we've been marginalized, but we are really the strongest part of this republic. And they try to minimize us, but can't. And that and, he, and Trump is sticky. There's no other candidate. I can't think of one in history. The closest has been Reagan that is sticky where people say, I'm with you no matter what. And he's the closest that I've seen to Reagan and maybe even surpassed him. What are the odds that Biden is not the nominee? If you were to put it on a scale oh, of 1 to 10. 100%. 100%. He's definitely not going to be. 100%. He's not going to be the nominee. Yeah. And they don't have anybody in the wings. They've got such a shallow bench. There's they have a shallow bench, but I think the, they don't have anybody qualified. They don't have anybody that's not a radical. But who they're going to put in there is obvious. It's Gavin Newsom. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, that's, he's the heir, heir apparent to Joe Biden. But the problem with Newsom is he's a, such a, a Biden suck-up, at least publicly. He tries to act like he, Joe Biden's done a great job. Well, you can't say that when his poll numbers are where they are. So he, there, you, you can't, oh, how, oh. Do you pivot, yeah, well, how do you pivot well, that? Oh, let, let's straighten this out. He, he's doing a terrific job. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. The state of the economy, inflation under control. Uh, the border, uh, you, you just don't, don't believe your lying eyes. Right, right. Well, that remains to be seen. So people can, can make the judgment for themselves with the polls and everything, is, as we know, show Biden is, he's toast. And not to mention, he, he's, we can deflect on Israel and some other things, but the, the situation for Joe Biden and his son and the family's criminal business grows more dire every single day even though we aren't concentrating on it this very moment. So it will come back. The domestic stuff's going to come back once the stuff with Israel dies down. But even that, that doesn't help Joe Biden. And they can try to spin it any way they want. It, this is the Israel situation is a direct result of the money that we've been giving. And it even reflects back on the time when Obama gave $1.7 billion in the dark of night in multiple currencies. That money was distributed and terror started up again. And the only respite that we've had in between is Donald Trump, where he really put a kibosh on terror and started sending missiles up Iranian generals' butts. That's when we started making a difference. And people are going to remember this. It, it certainly, if the, if the Republican Party stops being a uniparty, they should, they'll remember it. Hey, Gary, right, let I, me say this real quick. 
Uh, we, Do it really, uh, really quick, because I've only got 30 seconds, and I want yeah, to ask we you did, about Yeah, we did a thing on our site that it's a really slick little thing. People go to shop.thekevinjacksonnetwork.com. I'd love to get people's feedback on what they find there. Shop.thekevinjacksonnetwork.com. Okay. Speaker of the House, who should it be? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I like Jim uh, Jordan. Uh, but they, I, I'm not that in tune to know, but I would take Jim Jordan right now if you put a gun to my head. Yeah, he's a fighter. He Kevin is. Jackson, the KevinJacksonNetwork.com. Kev, thanks for being with us. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, buddy. Take care. Jim Babka coming up next. Some things about the Middle East conflict here that you probably don't know about. It's going to be interesting. It's next on the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show. Think Tank Thursday, we'll talk about the economy, what do the CPI numbers mean? We'll do that with the Show Me Institute. That'll be at 10.05. Uh, I, I, I looked at the numbers, the employment numbers, and I didn't see a lot of really good news. But we'll find out what they say uh, at, uh, at uh, the Show Me Institute. In the meantime, he's not well connected, trust me. He's Jim Babka. And he is uh, on several platforms looking for Grace Arkey or just look up Jim Babka. Get entertaining and informative information and his view of the world. Jim, good morning. Good morning. Well, you seem well enough connected now. That sounds yeah. good. <laughs> I'm having some, some uh, technical issues over here this morning. but we President, Biden, President Biden recently made a startling claim that he had seen confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children in Israel. However, the White House was quick to clarify that neither the president nor any U.S. officials had actually seen such images. During a meeting with Jewish community leaders, he expressed his disbelief at the horrific acts he claimed to have seen in pictures. Uh, the, uh, the uh, not literally a picture, but the picture of uh, a group of uh, people beheading innocent infants is an ugly, ugly picture, and it stirs a lot of emotion. And it seems to have a kind of a familiar ring to it. Um, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, you mean like in World War One, where uh, there was propaganda that uh, the, the, Ger- the German troops had put Belgian babies, uh, bayoneted ba- Belgian babies, like that. You mean or, that did, that didn't happen? No. Uh, or you mean like uh, babies were pulled out of incubators and left on the floor in Kuwait by Iraqi troops? Yeah. Yeah, that like that. Did, that didn't happen. No. In fact, in the latter case, uh, the woman who claimed to witness that in Kuwait actually was the uh, was related to an embassy employee and was in the United States of America when that event happened. Oh, so, yeah. So I don't know if she was using, you know, so why do they do, do is that done just to to uh, to elicit an emotional response? It's, it's an outrage, and it's part of a dehumanizing scheme to say that our opponents are uh, not just monsters. There's something even worse than that, and this is the epitome of innocence. Um, so does that mean that it didn't happen, that something, the terrible things didn't happen, atrocities didn't happen? Yes, but 
this is put together in a way that's designed to be very uh, what they call memetic, uh, like you know what a meme is on a on a, web, on a, a social media page, yep. and sometimes these things take off and they go viral, they spread everywhere. Uh, this is a, a memetic idea that has been used in the history of propaganda to spread like a rumor to spread like wildfire, designed to dehumanize. Uh, enemies. Now, like I said, that doesn't excuse any of the things that have gone on there. There have been atrocities that have occurred. Um, but this one, I just think people should pause and be realized that they're being emotionally stirred. And uh, big claims require big evidence. And anytime I see a baby claim in a war, I, I think of those two stories. And then I say, well, let's go look at, let's, let's wait for the evidence to arrive. Okay, so, and there hasn't been. Nobody has seen any photographs of this. Uh, no U.S. No, officials No, no, and then there's this then there's this attack that gets leveled against somebody who says something like I do. He's saying, oh, you don't care about the, you know, the, the slaughter of innocents. Well, that's not what I just said. What I just said was this specific claim isn't true. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't turn it may into some not kind be of like true. justification. may not be true, excuse me. And it does, that doesn't turn into some kind of sudden justification. That's not what's going on here. Uh, but, you know, again, there's emotional manipulation, and you should be aware that it is a distinct possibility. The first casualty of war is always the truth. What about U.S. involvement? Should we get involved? Is there anything we should do? Um, only 100% absolutely not. Uh, there, first off, Israel is very well armed and supplied, and they can handle their, their business. And two, uh, there are a lot of people, and this actually really disturbs me. I came out of a, a subculture where a lot of people said, you know, prophecies occurring right in front of their eyes. And uh, I think they're reading the wrong end of the book. Uh, I don't think this is a revelation moment. I think this is a genesis moment. This is a fight between two historic brothers, people in the same region of the world, who have long-standing feuds and disputes. Uh, you know, uh, Richard Mayberry uh, identifies areas as outside of the United States where war happens frequently, and it's much of the map, as chaos stand. And he uh, put that phrase on there to say, you don't know what's going on over there. You don't understand what's going on over there. You haven't lived that experience over there. You don't really have the ability to uh, fully appreciate. There are times when there are, are uh, feuds between people just blocks away from each other. There's Hatfield and McCoy stuff that you couldn't possibly know unless you were born, raised, and lived there. And none of this is our business. But fiscally speaking, there's an attempt here um, by the war powers, by any means necessary, including the story I just covered, to get you to want to continue funding Ukraine. And I wish we could just go back a week in time mentally on this, because this is a small part of what took out the speaker. This is a, there's been a, a you know, a, a, the majority of the American people have turned against wanting to continue this war in Ukraine, and, and instead of escalating our involvement, they want to de-escalate our involvement. And they're recognizing that it's not working, and they want to see a settlement arrived at. They want this. They want something done to bring Ukraine to the table and to result in a settlement. That was the direction everything was going, and now Israel is going to be the engine to which they can uh, attach the Ukraine car, right, and keep pulling the money through Ukraine at, at massive, massive, massive levels. And so uh, we have to stop all this spending. We have to stop the the the, the drive towards greater deficits, greater debt and the inflation of our currency. It is hurting us, it is harming us, it's harming real people here in the United States of America. It's gonna destabilize us if we keep this up. Um, what about Iran? Uh, do we hold them accountable? Are they part of the picture here? For what? What do we hold them accountable for? First off, we were not attacked. Let's make that clear. And second, 
uh, both the U.S. State Department and this is a rumor that was floating around Monday, and and uh, the, both the U.S. State Department and the Israeli government have said they have no specific credible evidence that Iran, uh, the Iranian leadership was involved in this plot, that there was some kind of government intervention to pull off this Gaza plot. Uh, what we do know uh, pretty confidently is that an Egyptian intelligence officer, a high-ranking Egyptian intelligence officer, was in direct personal contact with Bibi Netanyahu, uh, uh, week to, I don't know the exact time frame, but beforehand saying something big was happening uh, over in, in Gaza. So they did have some intelligence warning from an Egyptian partner. But the attempt to try to expand this and, and, and go after Iran, this is not a new phenomena. Uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, President Dick Cheney, I'm sorry, George Bush, uh, were going after uh, Iran. And they would stir up things and tell us certain things were happening and a war was about to start or they had some suddenly acquired a nuclear switch or some other thing. And that didn't stop. That happened during the Obama administration. There was even a time where Bolton, uh, had uh, convinced uh, Trump that he had to go attack, and Trump turned planes around. I don't know if how many people remember that. He realized he'd been had. Uh, so there's always this attempt by the neocon establishment to connect Iran to basically anything that goes wrong, wrong in the Middle East. And here we have both the State Department and the Israeli government saying, well, hold the phone. They're, that's probably not what happened here. Did... Uh the uh, former ambassador and now Republican uh, uh, candidate uh, for uh, to become the nominee of the party to run for president, uh, did she come up with an idea that perhaps could unplug all this by? Uh... <laughs> yes. So she wants to wipe out Iran. I, you know, I don't know how that such things happen. Uh, it, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> uh, the world wouldn't stand for it either. Uh, but, uh, you know, on that basis, she, she shows no reservation or gravitas or judgment. She also uh, has a very thin morality. And if it would just, if I only knew this one thing about this human being, it would be enough to disqualify her for the office that she seeks, which is President of the United States. I, I literally don't need to know anything else about her. She could walk on water, and I still would say, no, she's too dangerous to put in this office. She's too childish uh, and petulant to be in this office. She doesn't have the judgment and the steadiness to understand uh, what's before her, and she's driven to, put, to, draw, uh, to draw us into a, a war of convenience. And every time this has happened, we've come to regret this. We don't have to go solve and be the policeman for all the world's things. This didn't, things didn't go as we wanted in Afghanistan and Iraq and Vietnam. And like we, we need to, that kind of thinking uh, is very, very dangerous to begin with. But the rashness with which she moved, uh, the, 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 the damn the facts, here's what I want to do approach, um, she's not qualified. She really should not be anywhere near any kind of military switch. All right, a little more detail about the Middle East with Jim Babka, Grace Arkey, or just Jim Babka on platforms all over the place. He is ubiquitous. Former nationally syndicated radio talk show host, and he'll be back with us. Uno momento. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's 9.51. It's the Gary Nolan Show. Jim Babka is with us. Grace Arkey on uh, platforms all over the place, including YouTube. Uh, or just look up Jim Babka uh, on uh, those platforms. I got a message here that I, I hesitate to read. It's from Anson. He says, Jim Babka, Libertarian for President 2024. That was the perfect summation of a Libertarian foreign policy of peace. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't catch the name. Who was that? 
it, it's uh, Mrs. Babka. I, I don't know. No, no, seriously, who no. wrote that? Anson. The guy's name is Anson. Thank you, Anson. Thank you very much. Uh, I, 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 we are not going to do that, but I do, I do appreciate the sentiment. Thank you. All right, so let's talk a little bit more in depth about uh, the whole Middle East thing, and, and let's do a real brief recap on Iran, because they elected somebody in the 1940s, I believe it was the 1940s, to run the country, and Great Britain was upset about this deal they had uh, for their oil, and at the behest of Great Britain, we overthrew the elected, democratically elected leader of Iran, right? Yes, 1953, uh, Mossadegh was the uh, democratically elected leader. We uh, overthrew his government operating out of the embassy in Tehran, the very same embassy that in the late 70s uh, uh, students, as they were called, uh, came in and, and captured and held uh, American hostages in. That was the base of operations for that coup. Uh, the uh, Iranian people uh, know that they differ. They can actually tell you the day it happened, the, the coup occurred, and that's a part of their calendar, and they know very well their own history. But most Americans didn't know this history, and in fact, the CIA only finally admitted it in 2013. So the United States government overthrew a democratically elected leader in Iran at the behest of the British and installed the Shah. Yes, and he was a brutal uh, dictator. He was trying to force uh, uh, the entire uh, nation into modernity and away from uh, Islamic tradition uh, at a pace that was, uh, you know, uncomfortable to, to, frankly, to the people that were there. I mean, I think there there was some degree and and openness to to modernize, but it wasn't done naturally or slowly. And uh, you know, Pence setting up a secret police called the Savak. They disappeared and tortured people. And, uh, you know, eventually people had enough of his regime, and they do what they often do in these situations. They turn to a fundamentalist leader uh, in a religion who will tell them the, reason, the way that God will, re- will protect, bring them uh, safety from their enemies. And that's how we have uh, the, the Ayatollahs that we've had since then running uh, this nation. All right. Um, and, and now let's move to the whole Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict. Um, what do you do you believe that the Palestinians are completely innocent, partially innocent, uh, that they've been mistreated? No, no, I don't. They, they have been mistreated, but they're they're not innocents. No. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that I've been looking at the hardest in this particular situation is why do the people of Gaza uh, support Hamas? They had other alternatives. So in 2005, they elevated Hamas into power. Hamas is a successor to the Palestine Liberation Organization, which did not represent the people very well either. Yasser Arafat died a billionaire while it's, so this is a country ravaged by, uh, or not even a country, a city, really, uh, ravaged by poverty. And uh, Hamas comes in, and why does Hamas get power? Well, it turned out that that we had done some significant destabilization in the Middle East. We were in a war with Iraq, and there was a strong anti-American sentiment that did play into the current of that election. And also, there is evidence that uh, Netanyahu himself uh, believed that Hamas being in power uh, helped destabilize and keep uh, uh, keep that region on their heels, unable to coordinate and really be able to to function. So the idea that maybe they would have had a more uh, better alternative uh, in terms of governance uh, seems to have been somewhat suppressed by U.S. activities and U.S. support for Netanyahu uh, directly. 
And so, I, you know, I'm concerned here that, uh, you know, we're, you're not being told everything that happens over in Palestine and how that how that uh, situation or state is set up or is, uh, right now between Israel and, and them. And and uh, so do I think that they're innocents? No. But do I think that there's an untold story that needs to be uncovered and better reported in the U.S. press, particularly on the right side of the U.S. press? Yes. Uh, last question, and that deals with Israel as an ally. They're always being, uh, you know, we're being told that they are an ally. Are they? Uh, yes, but, you know, uh, best friends, no. Uh, they spied on us, probably stole nuclear secrets from us. They uh, attacked uh, one of our ships, the USS Liberty, and, 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 and sunk it, killed Americans. They, well, they didn't sink it, but they damn near well, did. Well, they did severe damage to it. Uh, people yeah. were injured and killed. And, and so... Uh, you know, there's there's uh, <laughs> there's been a series of things that they've done over the years where they've shown that they're not necessarily our best friend, or that they don't even they don't view us necessarily that way. And uh, um, uh, we've also been given faulty intelligence. You mentioned Iran. Uh, there was a very a very serious attempt in a previous. So Netanyahu is like the three-time heavyweight champion, so to speak. Right? He keeps leaving the prime ministership and then being finding some way back into it. In one of his previous stints, he was he he uh, he completely concocted a false story about Iran's nuclear capability that uh, darn near drove us to war in that situation. So, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a little concerned. I think we are, it's almost as if we're one of their client states, frankly. They, they use our military or our, our power to project in almost mercenary fashion. So there's so much more to all this, and the bottom line is that we should not be involved. This is simply not our, uh, you know, our concern. Yeah, the deeper we get involved, the more it drags down our reputation amongst a lot of people in the world with whom we would prefer to see peace. You know, and the, the, I'm glad that you bring up the Iran situation. You know, because the the the, the case is, the, uh, the case of the matter is, in the since World War II, we have projected power all over the place, and we have taken on a lot of what was British and French and other types of empires' problems. We've taken on those problems and made them ours and paid a heavy consequence instead of prices uh, for that. And one of the things that's happened in, in this during this past century is that, you know, just for the people here who are, again, reading, I think, the wrong end of the book on this one, uh, this was an area that had a lot of Christians in it. Before we went into Iraq, Iraq had a Christian population. It does no more. Uh, before all of these events happened in Palestine over the last 50 years or so, there was a Christian population there. It's not there anymore. And you could do this in nation after nation over there. There was more balance. There were Jews. There were Christians. There were Muslims. Even in majority Muslim populations, there was they were coexisting side by side. And we have made those places inhospitable to Jews and, and Christians by our intervention in those places. Uh, we, some things are going to happen there that are going to be ugly, even right now, that we don't want to see happen. And really, the best thing we should be doing is praying that it stops. We should not be using, uh, projecting American military or diplomatic force in a way that's designed to advantage one side or the other in this dispute. Just seems so much simpler than everything that we've been uh, engaged uh, doing in the Middle East. Uh, keep Keep out of it. It's just not our war. Uh, the same is true for uh, Ukraine and Taiwan and all the other hotspots around the world. We yeah. just get involved and make a bigger mess. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 just to give a little tiny bit of credit to the predecessor, Trump, we weren't, we weren't having all these problems. I mean, you notice the things that got going on right now? These weren't problems before. The road to hell managed. paved with good intentions. Jim Babka, thank you for being with us.
Coming up, Dr. Aaron Hedlund. We're going to take a look at the CPI report and this week's surprising jobs report. Next on the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show.